0: Chapter Thirty-Two of Diana of the Crossways. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kathleen. Diana of the Crossways by George Meredith, wherein we behold a giddy turn at the spectral crossways. Danvers accompanied Mister Desir to the house door climbing the stairs she found her mistress in the drawing-room still you must be cold ma'am she said glancing at the fire grate is it a frost said diana it's midnight and midwinter ma'am has it struck midnight the mantelpiece clock said five minutes past you had better go to bed danvers or you will lose your bloom stop you are a faithful soul great things are happening and i am agitated mr desir has told me news he came back purposefully. Yes, ma'am, said Danvers. He had a great deal to tell. Well, he had. Diana colored at the first tentative imprudence she had heard from her maid. What is the secret of you, Danvers? What attaches you to me? I'm sure I don't know, ma'am. I'm romantic. And you think me a romantic object? I'm sure I can't say, ma'am. I'd rather serve you than any other lady, and I wish you was happy. Do you suppose I am unhappy? I'm sure, but if i speak ma'am so handsome and clever a lady and young i can't bear to see it tush you silly woman you read your melting tales and imagine i must go and write for money it is my profession and i haven't an idea in my head this news deserves me ruin if i don't write so i must i can't diana beheld the ruin she clasped the great news for succour great indeed and no one but to her of all the outer world she was ahead of all ahead of mr tonins the visionary figure of mr tonins petrified by the great news, drinking it and confessing her ahead of him in the race for secrets arose toweringly she had not ever seen the editor in his den at midnight with the rumble of his machinery about him and the fresh matter arriving and flying into the printing press it must be like being in the very furnace hissing of events an olympian council held in Vulcan's smithy consider the bringing to the jove their news of such magnitude as to stupefy him he too who had admonished her rather sneeringly for staleness in her information but this news great though it was and throbbing like a heart plucked out of a breathing body throbbed but for a brief term a day or two after which great though it was immense it relapsed into a common organ a possession of the multitude merely historically curious you are not afraid of the streets at night diana said to her maid as they were going upstairs not when we're driving ma'am was the answer the man of two minds faced his creatrix in the dressing-room still delivering that most ponderous of sentences a smothering pillow i have mistaken my vocation thought diana am certainly the flattest proser who ever penned a line she sent dangers into the bedroom on trifling errand unable to bear the woman's proximity and oddly unwilling to dismiss her she pressed her hands on her eyelids would percy have humiliated her so if he had respected her he took advantage of the sudden loss of her habitual queenly initiative at the wonderful news to debase and stain their intimacy the lover's behavior was judged by her sensations she felt humiliated plucked violently from the throne where she had long been sitting securely very proudly that was at an end if she was to be better than the loathsomeness of hypocrites she must deny him his admission to the house and then what was her life something that was pressing her low she knew not how and left it unquestioned incited her to exaggerate the indignity her pride had suffered she was a dethroned woman deeper within an unmasked actress she said oh she forgave him but clearly he took her for the same as other women consenting to receive a privileged visitor and sounding herself to the soul was she so magnificently better her face flamed she hugged her arms at her breast to quiet the beating and drop them when she surprised herself embracing the memory he had brought political news and treated her as name the thing not designedly it might be her position invited it the world had given her to him the world is always a prophet of the mire but the world is no longer an utterly mistaken world she shook before it she asked herself why percy or the world should think highly of an adventuress who was a denounced wife a wretched author and on the verge of bankruptcy she was an adventuress when she held the crossways she had at least a bit of solid footing now gone an adventuress without an idea in her head witness her dullard the man of two minds at his work of sermonizing his mistress the tremendous pressure upon our consciousness of the material cause when we find ourselves cast among the breakers of moral difficulties and endeavor to elude that mud-visaged monster chiefly by feigning unconsciousness was an experience of diana's in the crisis to which she was wrought her wits were too acute her nature too direct to permit of a lengthened confusion she laid the scourge on her flesh smartly i gave him these privileges because i am weak as the weakest base as my enemies proclaim me i covered my woman's vile weakness with an air of intellectual serenity that he choosing his moment tore away exposing me to myself as well as to him the most ordinary of reptiles i kept up a costly household for the sole purpose of seeing him and having him near me hence this bitter need of money either it must be money or disgrace money would assist her quietly to amend and complete her work yes and this want of money in a review of the last two years was the material cause of her recklessness it was her revived and uprising prudency declared the principle the only cause mere want of money and she had a secret worth thousands the secret of a day no more anybody's secret after some four-and-twenty hours she smiled at the fancied elongation and stare of the features of mr tonans in his editorial midnight din what if he knew it and could cap it with something novel and stranger hardly but it was an inciting suggestion she began to tremble as a lightning flash made visible her fortunes recovered disgrace averted hours of peace for compensation stretching before her a summer afternoon's vista it seemed a duel between herself and mr tonans and she sure of her triumph diana victrix danvers she called is it to undress ma'am said the maid entering to her you are not afraid of the streets you tell me i have to go down to the city i think it is urgent yes i must go if i were to impart the news to you your head would be a tolling bell for a month you will take a cab ma'am we must walk out to find one i must go though i should have to go on foot quick with the bonnet and shawl muffle up warmly we have never been out so late but does it matter you're a brave soul i'm sure and you shall have your fee i don't care for money ma'am when we get home you shall kiss me danvers clothed her mistress in furs and rich wrappings not paid for was diana's desperate thought and a wrong one but she had to seem the precipitated bankrupt and succeeded she was near being it a boiling of her secret carried her through the streets rapidly and unobservantly except of such small things as the glow of the lights on the pavements and the hushed cognizance of the houses in silence to a thoroughfare where a willing cabman was met the destination named he nodded alertly he had driven gentlemen there at night from the house of commons he said our parliament is now sitting and you drive ladies diana replied i hope i know one never mind the hour said he of the capes he was bidden to drive rapidly complexion a tulip you do not often see a pale cabman she remarked to danvers who began laughing as she always expected to do on an excursion with her mistress do you remember ma'am the cabman taking us to the coach when you thought of going to the continent and i went to the crossways i have forgotten him he declared you was so beautiful a lady he would drive you to the end of england for nothing it must have been when i was paying him put it out of your mind danvers that there are individual cabmen they are the painted flowers of our metropolitan thoroughfares and we gather them in rows they have their feelings ma'am Brandied feelings are not pathetic to me. I like to think kindly of them, Danvers remarked, in reproof of her inhumanity, adding, They may overturn us, at which Diana laughed. Her eyes were drawn to a brawl of women and men in the street. Ah, that miserable sight, she cried. It is the everlasting nightmare of London. Danvers humped, femininely injured by the notice of it. She wondered her mistress should deign to rolling on between the blind and darkened houses diana transferred her sensations to them and in a fit of the nerves imagined them beholding a funeral convoy without followers they came in view of the domed cathedral hearing in a pause of the wheels the bell of the hour faster faster my dear man diana murmured and they entered a small still square of many lighted windows this must be where the morrow is manufactured she said Tell the man to wait, or rather, it's the mirror of yesterday. We have to look backward to see forward in life. She talked her cool philosophy to mask her excitement from herself. Her card, marked imperative two minutes, was taken up to Mr. Tonans. They ascended to the editorial anteroom. Doors opened and shut. Hasty feet traversed the corridors. A dull hum and numbness told of mighty business at work diana received the summons to the mighty head of the establishment danvers was left to speculate she heard the voice of mr tonans not more than two this was not a place for compliments men passed her hither and yonder cursorily noticing the presence of a woman she lost very strangely to her the sense of her sex and became an object a disregarded object things of more importance were about her feminine self-esteem was troubled all idea of attractiveness expired here was manifestly a spot where women had dropped from the secondary to the cancelled stage of their extraordinary career in a world either blowing them aloft like soap-bubbles or quietly shelving them as supernumeraries a gentleman sweet vision shot by to the editor's door without even looking cursorily he knocked mr tonans appeared and took him by the arm dictating at a great rate perceived ambers frowned at the female and requested him to wait in the room which the gentleman did not once casting eye upon a woman at last her mistress returned to her escorted so far by mr tonans and he refreshingly bent his back to bow over her hand so we have the satisfaction of knowing that we are not such poor creatures after all suffering in person danvers was revived by the little show of homage to her sex they descended the stairs you are not an editor of a paper but you may boast that you have been near the nest of one diana said when they resumed their seats in the cab she breathed deeply from time to time as if under a weight or relieved of it but she seemed animated and she dropped now and again a funny observation of the kind that tickled danvers and caused the maid to boast of her everywhere as better than a play at home danvers busied her hands to supply her mistress a cup of refreshing tea and a plate of biscuits diana had stunned herself with the strange weight of the expedition and had not a thought in spite of tea at that hour she slept soundly through the remainder of the night dreamlessly till late into the morning End of chapter thirty two